And here's the words that stick in my mind, it seems like almost every day. I keep going back to them because I think that this is a word for, for the church today. This is a word for believers. This is where we are. It's in Genesis 28, and it starts in verse 16. It says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. Man, that is such a picture of the church today. The Lord is in this place, but I was not aware of it. You see, I'm absolutely convinced that's the issue in the church today. We're in for a treat today because we're having a conversation that was so amazing it's going to fill two episodes. And today we're talking about something that you absolutely need to be aware of in your personal life and in your ministry to students. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same. Cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. All right, we've got a great conversation today that we're headed into. I cannot wait for you to hear what this man has to say. Dave, we're going to introduce him later in the conversation, but... Dave has been leading our staff over the last few months as we lead up into 2020. We brought in him and his wife, Kim, as just outside entity to help pour into and guide and teach and pray with our staff. And that's been truly amazing. Dave has a ministry called Harvest Prayer. And you're going to hear more about what he does, who he is later again, Jason. But we're heading into a couple pretty exciting things here in the coming months. One is NTS Camp. That's coming up, and this is uh, an event that happens all over the country. Youth workers bring their students. We do all the work for them. They just are there to experience the moment. Where can people learn more about that? They can find more information at ntscamp.com. You can go there. You can register your church. You can register and sign up your students. You can find out information of, of where we're located around the country. You can see highlight videos. You can... Find it there. That's our one location. Let me say this too. If you're listening to this and you're a youth worker, this is such an incredible resource for you. And so much of that comes at no cost. When your students register for NTS camp, your adult leaders come for free. And while they're there, we have a built-in equipping, um, almost like a conference type experience for the adults. We give you and your team a little bit of time away to number one, be on your own. And then also to be in, a, in an environment where we just pour into leaders from some of the best youth ministry minds in the country. So if you want to do um, an event where you can almost build in a free conference for your volunteer leadership team, NTS Camp is something you should consider on top of just the experience that it provides for your students. It also is a benefit for your youth ministry and your local church. So ntscamp.com. Jason, we've also got Claim Your Campus 2020 happening on July 4th weekend. We've been talking about this for a long time here on this podcast. This is something we've been planning for three years. It's this national gathering in Kansas, July 4th weekend. And it's a moment to mobilize a movement, which we believe something special is going to happen at the event, but also afterwards as well. It's hard to believe that it's only a few months away for how long we've been focused on it, planning it, discussing it. 
bringing it here to the audience and and telling them about it but yeah it's it's only a few months away now and and we're excited just to see it come to fruition so we're talking about this gathering where 70 over 75 ministries organizations denominations are behind this people of all different kinds and we're talking about the catholic youth network we're talking about you know some of the charismatic movements of the church we're talking about prayer ministries we're talking about uh youth worker networks all kind of organizations and denominations are rallying in support of this event that will gather a generation which hasn't happened in decades we're talking about an event and all the events that are happening in 2020 and there's a lot by the way promise keepers is coming back there's some other there's over 20 what i would call stadium size events I think of all those, we're the only outdoor event, and we're also the only event that's focused solely on students, middle and high schoolers. So this is an event in youth ministry that not only you want to be aware of, but you want to be a part of because we believe this will be something that will be historic in terms of what it will do in its after effects. Not only will the event be great for king and country, but it's what will happen afterwards. It's this movement. Students will be inspired and equipped to bring about change on their school campuses. So going back to the public, private, charter schools that they're part of, we're going to show them how even a small group of them and their friends can bring about uh, great positive change and bring the gospel to their campus in a way that could change it. So website, Jason? ClaimYourCampus2020.com. You can go there any time of the day. It's open 24-7. Wow. And also... Something open specifically every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on our Claim Your Campus Facebook page. You can go there. Myself, Nicole, and Amante, three of us, we host um, a live broadcast every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock where we talk about the absolute latest that's happening in real time for this event as well as special guests, some of the artists, other people that are involved, and you can hear more about what you can do as an adult to help get students to this event. They come there, they represent their school when they sign up. It's only $49 for students. It's an amazing uh, experience at a great price, so we want you to be there. Join us for Claim Your Campus 2020. We're so excited today to have Dave Butts with us. He's is such a dear friend of ours and of mine, and he's been leading our staff in this season, he and his wife Kim, and helping us as, as we're praying going into Claim Your Campus 2020. He is the... Um, chairman of the National Prayer Committee and the National Day of Prayer Board. And Dave, you shared something with our staff here recently that we thought was was so impactful and inspiring. We wanted to, to talk about that today. So Dave, it's good to have you with us. Oh, it is so great to be with you. It's just, you know, it's one of my delights uh, to get to hang around you guys and, and to see the passion and to be a part of that. And, uh, and what a privilege to be able to teach. Um, you know, the 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 teaching you guys were talking about, particularly dealt with this weird dream of Jacob's that you find in Genesis 28. Jacob is a, is a great example of a guy who, in, in a sense, now we'll go back in Old Testament and use these terms, but he's raised in church, no church in the, in the Old Testament, but he, he's raised in a, in a godly home. You know, his, his grandfather was Abraham. His father is Isaac. Uh, eventually God himself is going to be called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, you know, he's, he's a part of the big three here. But at this point in time, 
there is nothing to indicate that Jacob had any faith. That he somehow, he, you know, he hung around this stuff, but it never was there. You see him kind of sneaking around. He's a deceiver. You know, he cheats his, his older brother out of his birthright. And in this case, he had just cheated him out of the, the blessing of the firstborn. And he's running for his life, to be honest. And, and so he's out in the desert, and he, he goes to sleep, and he has this amazing dream where there's a ladder. And angels are going up and down the ladder, but they're just the supporting cast. Because at the top of the ladder is Jesus. It's, it's God. And, and God's at the top, and he speaks to Jacob and gives him a great promise. So Jacob wakes up from this amazing dream, and here's the words that stick in my mind, it seems like almost every day. I keep going back to them, because I think that this is a word for, for the church today. This is a word for believers. This is where we are. It's in, in Genesis 28, and it starts in verse 16. It says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Man, that, that is such a picture of the church today. The Lord is in this place, but I was not aware of it. You see, I'm absolutely convinced that's the issue in the church today. I mean, there's a lot of issues but when it comes right down to it, the fact is the Lord is present, but we're not aware of it. We're walking through this world, and, and we get so distracted. We're off on this, and then this, and then this. And sometimes the things that distract us are even the things of God. You know, we get yeah. so caught up in ministry. We get so caught up in youth stuff. We get caught, so caught up in, I mean, this sounds weird. I can get caught up in prayer stuff. Yeah. But I forget I become unaware of the presence of God. And Jacob had this, this crazy wild dream where he encountered God in an unbelievable way, and he wakes up and he says the most profound thing that, like anybody in Scripture said, surely God was here, and I was just unaware. You see, because he, he understood God was there when he went to sleep. He was there before the dream, but Jacob was unaware of it. And so Jacob's life's going to be really different after this dream because he began to understand, he began to come aware of the presence of God. I think one of the things too, Dave, you're talking about that, that it's, it's a great occupational hazard of ministry. In fact, I tell people, I think it's the greatest occupational hazard is just what you're saying is you miss the moments and you lose the relationship you when you lose that relationship you start to miss those personal moments when the holy spirit's speaking to you and then i think what's even more de devastating for the body is you miss those moments as a leader when god is stirring in in a in a meeting or you know some an event or something and you miss those moments because you're not you know, as Paul says, in step with the Spirit, and I and I totally wholeheartedly agree with you that that boy, it's it's it can be it's a it's a tragic thing in in life and in ministry to to not be aware of when God is doing something. Oh, and it's so easy. 
I mean, I would just suggest that this is pretty much an every person struggle. I'm very aware of being unaware. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I teach on this a lot. And so I, I, I know how easy it is. And yet I got to tell you, I have to discipline myself every single day to move from unawareness to awareness of God's presence. It's, it's not easy. You know, we can say this thing, we can be nodding our heads and listening and going, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, but we all have to put ourselves there and go, yeah, that's me. That's, that's my struggle. That's what I got to work with every single day. Because you know what? I can be aware of God's presence today and tomorrow not be aware. Yes. You know, or even, even weirder, I can be aware of his presence this hour and unaware of it next hour. Yes. I mean, we're, we're that bad. You know, that we, we really are. We, we move out of his presence so quickly and we're not away from his presence, but we are unaware of it. And I think that's where we have to go is to understand that this issue is unawareness. It's not that God is not there. It's that we're unaware. I, I, I got to tell you, my, my pet peeve, I hear Christians pray all the time, God, be with us. Hmm. And I got to go, so, so where was the omnipresent God before he answered your prayer? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah. And, you know that, so the, the real prayer, if you're going to pray a real prayer, it's, Lord, make me aware of your presence. Yeah, yeah. Now, not be, not be with us. That sounds spiritual, but you didn't ask God to do anything. Right. You know, nothing that he wasn't already doing. He was already there. That's right. But make me aware of your presence. I think that's what set apart really effective kingdom workers and people and also ministries. You know, as, as we're talking, it's just dawning on me, too, that I think what sets apart people that you might look at and and even in human terms say they're they're a good leader or person in terms of being an influence or or just in general or there's a good ministry and there's a great ministry there's a great leader there's a great person in terms of being a Christ follower to me that the the x factor and the key difference is being aware and how many times have I in my own leadership, and as you're listening to this as your youth worker, how many times in our leadership have you been in a setting where God is taking things in a certain direction that's maybe off of our agenda and we're not aware of it, and we wouldn't even know to, to look back now that we've missed it, but how many times maybe have we been aware? And, and as Jason and I are sitting here looking, there's been meetings that we've been a part of with NTS or back in our youth group days where God was moving and yep. we recognized it and allowed that to happen and because of that awareness, miracles, healings, all kind of incredible things we never would have seen if we were not aware and just allowed that to happen. Or just be stuck to our agenda. That's right. Yeah. Let me jump in, and, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, God's presence. Because I think that there are people who get confused by what we're talking about even here. Uh, as I look at it biblically— there are a number of levels, in a sense, of God's presence. You know, there's this first most basic theological sense of the omnipresence of God. You know, David would write, you know, where can I go from your presence? If I go here, you're there. If I go here, you're there. Now where I go. You're everywhere. So there is that sense of the omnipresence of God 
that we need to be aware of, that, that we're not saying, God, come here because you're not here. He's already there. God has always gone before us. You're not going to go anywhere ever in which God's not already gone before you. You know, and that's so important because sometimes we feel like we're the great trailblazers. Yeah. But, but ultimately, the Lord's been there first. So he is always present, and there's a great comfort in that. But second level for me is there is a sense in which he is present in a believer. That, that moment when Christ comes to dwell in our hearts through faith. Uh, you know, my, my life verse is uh, Colossians 1.27, Christ in us, the hope of glory. You know, I love that. I, I love the fact that Jesus has come to dwell in us. I, I love that passage in, in John chapter 14, uh, where Jesus is teaching. He says that if anyone loves me, he'll do what I command. <clears throat> and the Father and I will come and make our home with him. I love that. That is so wonderful. Jesus has come to dwell. He is present in a believer in a different sense than he's simply present out there somewhere in that in the sense of the omnipresence of God there is something at a different deeper level where Jesus comes to dwell in a believer so that wherever you go Jesus is with you you know no doesn't matter where one of the things that you mentioned in regards to God's presence in a believer is that the truth becomes too common for us that it doesn't thrill us anymore that this this yeah. truth that God is dwelling in us should knock us down. But because yeah. we walk unaware, we, we are no longer thrilled. We just, it's commonplace for it. Yeah. We, we just say that like it's a, a one point to tick off on a list of things. Right. Instead of something that is so awesome that if you were to tell Moses that, hmm. he would go, what? I couldn't believe that, that you and I would have the presence, the spirit of Christ dwelling in us as close as he was to God, he never experienced that. You know, we, we often, we read things like Moses went down to the tent of meeting and he, and he spoke to God, you know, face to face. And we're going, oh, if I could just have that. And I think Moses would go, you have God dwelling in you? Oh, if I could just have that. Yes. Yeah, you're right. It's just that unawareness is a huge point for us. When it comes to our ministry with students, that that is such a key thing to help help them understand at a young age that you know, a lot of adults we're talking and a lot of adults maybe aren't aware, Dave, of, of what you're talking about there. And that's the presence. You know, we are we are the dwelling tent. We're the this portable tabernacle walking around with the presence of yeah. God. But to help students understand, you know, in our day and age, students are so beat up and they're battered and they they don't understand their worth and their value. And that value is not found, you know, in themselves alone. It's found in who they are with the Imago Dei, this image of God in them. And and yes. that is such an important piece that that we always want to encourage youth workers working with students. It's one of the most important things to to convey upon them is that God considers them valuable enough to literally dwell 
in their spirits and in their even physical bodies. You know, our physical body is is a temple, and and so it's it's a part of our messaging that we need to to convey to students. It is huge. You know, for me as a Christian, someone who grew up in the church, I mean, I just I I've always known about Jesus, but when that point of time came where I realized he'd come to dwell in me, everything changed. And that's not just for me, that would be for anyone and everyone. So that that presence of Christ in a believer is huge. But you know, that sometimes people feel like that's it. That's all there is about the presence of God. But I, I saw two more levels. I, I really believe it's important. There's there's a next level in which Christ is present in an assembly. In other words, when, when there's two or more believers, there is something significantly different that happens because of the presence of Christ. And it is a, it is a, a magnification of the presence of Christ, if you will, that happens when two or more believers come together. Now, unfortunately, in our minds, you know, church is just church. It's a meeting that we gather and we, we sing and we listen and maybe pray and then we go home. But, but in the New Testament, and the way I believe the Scripture teaches us, is there is something that is supernatural any time a group of believers gathers in the name of Jesus in which there is a sense of the presence of Christ that goes to a new level beyond just you and Jesus. It's now you and Jesus and someone else who has Jesus in them. And there is something that happens supernaturally there that we don't tell God what to do. We don't, we don't even try to describe it in a sense, but simply know that according to the word of God, Jesus would say, where two or more are gathered together in my name, there I am in your midst. And you're going, well, wait a second. Weren't you there before when it was just you and me, Jesus? Yes. But he's saying there is a special sense of the presence of my presence when you gather with other believers. And I think we need to cultivate that. We need to teach that. We need to long for that so that people who, for instance, some Sunday could not be at church, they're almost weeping. Oh, yes. oh, I can't be there because that's so special. And see, we have this ab- absolute opposite sort of thing where it's like, well, you know, I went twice this month. How much do they want? Yeah, you know, that's right. In- instead of looking at the early church where they gathered daily. Yes. Because the presence of Christ with when you're with other believers is such an extraordinary thing that you never want to miss that. Yes. And and in uh, our day of, of streaming, people say, well, I watched, but there's something different about being there and being physically present. And I think even yeah. with, with streaming, it's like they think, well, I, I'm not missing the message. So it's good to be able to still be informed and they miss the fact that they're missing the presence. And yeah. yeah. And that really is contributes. We, we do it. I say this all the time. We as leaders often our own worst enemies because we contribute to this consumer mentality because we say our gatherings are for your needs. And so come and get a great message. And if you can't be there, then, um, you know, listen and you can still get the content and it's, so much more than the content. And this is definitely the case with youth gatherings. 
you know, as we're, as we're oh. doing our youth meetings, I mean, we may be doing games and, you know, crazy stuff and not super serious, but there's still, Dave, all the things you're talking about are still true. We all know that with the presence in, in the fun and the craziness. God is there just as much in this way. The of planning gathering. weeks before even. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And I got to tell you, I, I'm not throwing in a commercial, but I'm just telling you, one of the things I cannot wait for over this summer you know, with with uh, Claim Your Campus 2020 and 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 tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand, young people gathered together. Can you imagine the presence of Christ in that place? Yeah. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? The divine encounters that we have in a place that for three days we're just simply dedicated to focusing on Christ and one another, and and what can happen. That's. Ultimately, it's the presence of Christ that we're longing for in that field in Kansas in July. Yes, yes. So, but you know, tell you there there is one more. There's one more aspect of the presence of God, and and teachers who are better than me might find even more. But but here's what I would say to you: We're talking about the omnipresence of God, and then the presence of Christ in a believer, the presence of Christ in a gathering of believers, the assembly. But finally, what I would call the manifest presence of Christ, of the Spirit of God, and this is ultimately what revival is. It is, and, and, and they use that term, manifest presence, because it's the idea that God's presence is now experienced, it's made manifest in a way that's extraordinary. It's not the normal life of a believer. It's not the normal life of a of a Christian or of a church, but is when God's presence is manifest in extraordinary ways, and it changes us forever. That's what happened. Uh, There's there's, uh, uh, seven, what I would call, great revivals in the Old Testament. Those were manifest times of the presence of God. Down through history, you see a number of revivals just in this nation, what I would call three great awakenings. Uh, from the 1730s in the uh, early 1800s and then the mid-1800s, we saw extraordinary times in which God showed up and the church was forever changed because of his manifest presence. It, it's that, those times in which God's presence is so is so evident that unbelievers who might be there are suddenly convicted of their sins and mm. come crying to Christ because of the presence of Christ that is that is experienced then, it, it is, again, it's not the way the church lives always, but down through the years, God has often, in a sense, shown up when his people have humbled themselves and prayed. And, and that's what I'm believing for in our day and age, that God is going to once again bless his church with another great spiritual awakening, his manifest presence. It seems too, Dave, that when that manifest presence happens, in my observation quite often, God creates a growing sense of that awareness and belief in a group of people, whether small or large. They, they feel like there's something about to happen. And, mm-hmm. and talking with a few episodes ago, we talked with Janine about the Asbury revival, and there was that growing sense on campus. And there's, yes. and I think it, it some of it, I, probably the other thing that I that I would observe too is that 
it's always at a great sense of need and desperation. It's never in a in what you might call a prosperous time. It's a time of a lot of times darkness, and you there's more of a, a heightened awareness of our need for His presence and and uh, reflecting on everything that's led up to Claim Your Campus 2020. In 1993, I wrote a list of um, experiences and some goals for my life. I came up with a list of, of a few things, and I still have it. And I was, I look, I've looked at it from time to time over the last couple decades. But yeah. one, number three on that list is um, what you're talking about, experiencing the manifest presence of God during my lifetime in a way that brings significant change to our culture and i i grew up being a little bit aware of that and knowing about it and and i've often thought i don't want to just read about it i want to be there when it Uh, happens oh man i'm with you i sometime back in when i was in high school someone handed me a book about revival and i read that and i started longing for that and praying for it and through the years my prayer shifted in saying just as you said God, I don't want to just read about this. I want to experience this. I want to be right in the midst of a time in which your spirit is poured out and your presence is made manifest and lives are changed because of this. And I, I believe there's one coming. I believe there's another great awakening coming, uh, in not only in this nation, but, but perhaps worldwide. And, and I'm longing for that. I believe, I believe we're at enough times of, of upset and uncertainty and division and fear that, that we're at a crisis place where God could step in with his manifest presence. The interesting thing for people to say is the timing of revival, of awakening, is always in God's hands. Yes. We can, we can through prayer and repentance and humility, we can prepare a landing place for the Holy Spirit. But we cannot set a timetable. It's always in God's hands. Yes. And, and uh, so, so I think I think Jacob uh, becomes a great model for us. Uh, uh, he has this encounter with God. He, he recognizes his his unawareness of this. Uh, but let me let me read uh, his his the rest of his response. You know, he said, "Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it." Then in verse seventeen of Genesis twenty-eight, he said. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. You know, this is where godly fear enters in. He became aware of the presence of God and realized how he had lived his life in unawareness, and that brought fear to him. Man, he was he was, this is a good and appropriate fear, you know, to miss out, to realize that you can miss out on God ought to make us fearful. Yeah, I mean, it ought to strike fear in, in any of us. And yet, you know, this is perhaps our most common sin and, and situation where we're walking in unawareness. There's, there's no fear be, uh, because there's no sense of God's presence. Yeah. God's presence brings a holy fear. And so I, I tell you, Jacob, old Jacob there, got it just right. He, he was just right. He was still, in a sense, a quiver from the sense of God's presence, and that brought fear to him. 
there was a trembling at the presence of God. And I look at this and I'm going, man, that's what all the great men and women of God did. That was, that was Moses and that was Daniel and that was Mary and that was John. When they realized they were in the presence of the Lord, there was a godly fear. They trembled at his presence. And, and I would say that needs to be one of the prayers of our life. God, make me so sensitive, so aware of your presence that like these great men and women, like Jacob, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tremble at your presence. I'm going to have a fear, a godly fear of that. And, and, and with that, Jacob just said, had this sudden awareness, a correct recognition of where he was. This is the house of God. Man, I am right where God has been. And, and, and I, I had a dream and I am living right here where that dream was. And I'm living in that, in a thin spot. Mm-hmm. By, by thin spot, I mean there was, there's not much between me and heaven right then. That's where Jacob was. Yes. He was in that thin spot where heaven had broken through and he was experiencing a bit, just a bit of what heaven had to offer in the presence of Christ. And he recognized that and said, this place, I'm going to even rename it. He renamed it. It, it used to be near a place called Laws. And he said, no, no, from now on, this place is going to be called Bethel. We call it Bethel, the house, the house of God. This is where God is. And he literally set up an altar as a place of worship in this place where he had encountered God. And, and uh, I think in a real sense, we had to walk around uh, with a pile of rocks, you know, yeah. building our, our Bethels, our houses of God, our places where we encounter him. Yeah. One of the things that struck me when you were talking about this to our staff was that you you mentioned that Jacob knew that God existed because of his lineage, Abraham, Isaac, and yet it took the appearance of Jesus in that dream to change Jacob's heart. That That's right. He was now aware of of the existence and it changed him. It changed his heart and then it became God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, where from yes. that point on, it went from just the God of Abraham and Isaac to the three of them because his heart was changed because of his awareness of God's presence and the glory of Jesus in that dream. You know, it's that personal encounter that changes us. You know, and, and Jake, you know, you can hang around godly parents and grandparents all you want, and that's a good thing. But that's not going to change. They're not going to save you. It's the presence of Christ. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what it was with Jacob. That's what he encountered the living God, and he was forever changed. And it doesn't mean he still didn't have problems or were not issues in his life. But but he became Israel. I mean, the very name, you know, of is of, of the people of God, named after Israel. This man Jacob because of his encounter with God. And I think for any of us, no matter who we are, when we encounter the Lord, when we begin to walk in a daily awareness of his presence, you know, then in a sense, our names are changed. We're given a new name. We, we begin to live in, a pre- in the presence of God. And wherever we go, Christ's presence comes. That's going to change not just us, but everyone we encounter. And it shows God's nature of grace. He took a scoundrel, a, a cheat, a liar, oh, and yeah. changed him. 
and built a nation on him. Yeah, I love the way God does that. He he never picks the best people. You know, he really doesn't. He just delights in picking people who have their own issues and said, let me clean up that mess for you. Yeah. You know, whether it's David or whether it's Jacob or whether it's Moses, they all had their own issues. You know, and, and God steps in and says, watch what I can do when you submit. You know, when you learn to walk with me, I'm going to change you. And he's still the same God. That's still what he wants to do. Yeah, and there's something, there's something too, as we're having this discussion, I'm sitting here reflecting and thinking that there's something we can do, number one, as ministry leaders, to be aware of this. This is something that I always felt like for me, maybe it's because the way I was raised or whatever, something in my life where from an, an early age, I, I was kind of keenly aware of these different ways that God would uh, be present. But for a lot of people I know, this these these are new ideas and concepts. And I was reflecting, sitting here thinking that when I was a kid, part of our culture was to have a respect and a reverence for the places where we did meet corporately with God. So for example, yes. and this is old school, and Dave, I know you'll relate to this one, but I wasn't allowed to run in our, what we call their sanctuary. Now, I think it's interesting right. today, uh, and someone pointed this out, our former sanctuaries are now called auditoriums, and I think there's something to that, that we've renamed even the place where we've met, but we weren't allowed to run in the sanctuary because that was a place that was reverent. And that yes. may seem legalistic, or you may look at that and hear this, and you may think, just negative about that. But I think that that gave me an awareness, even as a child to go, Hey, this place is different. And I know a lot of youth ministries now, I would really challenge you listening to this to, to think about ways culturally that you can develop this awareness. This may be new as a concept for you, or maybe this is something you've known about, but, but I know I've gone into youth groups and there's absolutely no reverence or respect for when someone's up talking up front you may go well that's just our culture and it's like no that's a culture that you've allowed you can create a culture in your meetings in your church in your congregation in your ministries you can create that culture it's there um you can either you know you allow culture or you create it and and i would i would say to us today that that we need to cultivate that culture of awareness in the things that we do, and even in the ways in which we program our times. We we had a discussion just a few days ago as we're recording this, leading into Claim Your Campus 2020, and we said we we planning everything out, and then it was brought to our attention. We said, but our whole prayer is to pray for this unique and even. You know, and it's a big prayer. And like you said, Dave, only God can do this. But we're praying for the manifest presence of God to be there. Yeah, yeah. But you cannot squeeze that out. I, I truly believe that there are moments that happen in time where where that that awareness, if there's an unawareness or an, or an ignorance or a different agenda, that you can stop that from happening. Yes, yes. Hey, let me, let me just tell you. Uh, you've not you called it this, but for me, and I'm totally agreeing agreeing with you. There is a lack of teaching on what I call a theology of place. We don't talk about that much anymore hmm. because we we understand theologically that that we as humans, we Christians, we we have become God's house. 
You know, in a sense, we, we are the holy people of God, but there is such a thing in Scripture as a theology of place. Mm. And, and Jacob understood that. This place, he said, this place used to have this name. No longer is going to be this name because it's going to be a holy place. And I'm going to set up this, this altar here, a pile of stones, but he anointed it with oil to bring about an awareness that this was a place of worship. This is now not what it used to be. But because of God's presence, it's now a holy place. Mm. If you will, it's that thin place, a mm. place of connection between heaven and earth. Mm. And, and so, you know, so I, I'm like you. We we used to call our church building a certain room there, the sanctuary, kind of a meeting place with God. But now it's an auditorium. What's an auditorium? It's a place where you listen. Yes. Hmm. You know, so we're hearers. It's interesting that that's what Jesus told us to not be, just hearers of the word. We're to be doers of the word. So we've renamed our sanctuaries auditoriums, place of listening. Yes. I tell you what, that's a little dangerous. Yes. Uh, we, we need to, to go back. We need to be sanctuaries, places of the holiness of God, where we encounter the living God and we experience that. And then, by the way, then we go out, each one of us, as a sanctuary. Each yes. one of us, in a sense, as a place where, where people can encounter the living God, Christ living in us. And I, so, man, what an exciting image, not just for young people, but for everyone, for all believers, that we've become living sanctuaries. In a sense, each one of us carry within us the potential of being that thin place that place where heaven encounters earth and where people begin to experience the presence of Christ in a special and unique way. That's not just what happens on Sunday in your sanctuary. It happens wherever you are as you're walking with Christ. Man, that's, that's, that's dynamic. I think that's why this was so important or so key to get to communicate in a sense where there are, are believers who only have the understanding of one presence of God where it's, he's omnipresent. So when they think, well, God's everywhere, what's the difference of, of making a place significant and holy and, and sacred and set apart? And why should I think that way when he is all around us? It, there is no distinction. But when you start to understand the different levels of his presence and where he dwells, you start to have more of a reverence and even for ourselves that see our, our bodies as a temple and how we treat it and how we care for it because it is a, a dwelling place of God and not just how we want to treat it in whatever way with disrespect. And so yes. you understand that there's got to be this awareness first. And then when you are aware of his presence and where he is in, in these various levels, you start to treat it with more respect and awe because you know God is there in a very special way. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's just, what a, what, a, what a difference, a different perspective of the Christian life where for too many it's about going to some meetings, you know, a couple times a month as opposed to every day dwelling in the house of God, becoming the house of God, Christ's presence in us, and the miraculous, dynamic experience we have daily of Christ's presence and how that changes everything we do and everyone we're around, man, that's 
That's the revival that I believe is coming. So, Jason, I think what gripped our staff about what Dave shared with us and then on this episode is this idea that as ministry leaders, as, as Christ followers, as kingdom leaders, that it's, it's scary to think that we could miss and be unaware of the presence of God on two levels, personally and then also in our ministry context with students. I think that is so key for us to be aware of God's presence more so because we live in a day and age where there's more and more distractions. And when we, we discuss cell phone use, you know, at the beginning of the season, and we are talking about the impact that has and screens and just, there is more distractions in front of us that we are unaware of God's presence. And we bring that into, uh, our times with God, even where we're more distracted and wondering about the notifications that we have or the, the to-do list that we have to accomplish that when we are in the presence of God in a quiet time, when we're like, Oh man, I'm going to be intentional. And I'm going to do this. Then we're still distracted away. And so that unawareness is an issue, I believe. And that, that is key to pivoting towards being aware of his presence and where he is present. We think about in the ministry context, what's at stake when when it comes to being aware of his presence. Jacob had this experience, Dave referenced in Genesis 28, where all of a sudden he became aware and Dave pointed out his presence, God's presence was already there. Jacob just became aware of it and what happened as a result. And that was a, a turning point in his life. And I've seen it in, in my ministry and in settings I've been in where it was a turning point when there was an awareness that I had or our leadership had of something that God was doing and it and everything changed after that. Miracles happened. I remember people people's lives, there were healings, there were different things that you couldn't explain, but often, even in terms of our ministry, we'd go in a different trajectory as a, a result of one key moment where we became aware of something that God was doing. So there's a lot at stake here, and we talk about this, and we just want to encourage you with this conversation we have with Dave. Consider that in your life and ministry. Are you creating space, and are you being intentionally aware of the presence of God in your life and in your ministry? The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.